First John chapter one. Beginning in verse five. First John one, beginning in verse five. This uh, should be familiar to most of y'all uh, here. We just went through this, and uh, I know we we talk about uh, this particular passage a good bit. It says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Today we're going to be talking about uh, walking in light and walking in the light as we see in 1 John. And notice what he says in verse 6, that... If we walk in darkness, the implication here is that we don't have fellowship uh, with God, that walking in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And so we talk a lot about uh, this idea of fellowship, but we also uh, understand, I think we under, most of us kind of intuitively understand what, it, what is meant by walking in the light that we have this distinction here of walking in the light versus walking in darkness, all right? And in verse 5, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So if we're walking in light, we are going to be walking in a particular way, a particular uh, distinct way that's differing from that of the darkness. And we're going to talk a, a little bit about that here in a few minutes. And But... In this passage, I don't think we can get away with talking about the subject without talking about fellowship. And that that is important. And for us to have fellowship with him, we have to be walking in the light. And uh, if we don't have fellowship with God, then, then we're in bad shape. We're basically condemned. And when we look at this word for fellowship, this is how it's portrayed throughout the scriptures. And and I think most of us kind of understand what this means. It's uh, participation. It can mean sharing. A lot of times this is used in regards to helping needy Christians uh, in regards to uh, contribution. All right? And so we're sharing with one another. We're participating uh, with one another. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 9, it says, God is faithful uh, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, uh, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so how does this take place? It takes place through the gospel. We believe the gospel, all right? And then now we, be, we have fellowship with him. We're sharing with him. We, you think about what is said when we are Christians, uh, that we become part of his kingdom. Uh, we are co-heirs with Christ. Uh, you think about our goals. Uh, should a Christian have similar goals as Christ does? Uh, should we be following the same things, acting as him? And I think we can all see uh, that the answer to those questions is yes. And it gives us an idea about what this idea of fellowship means for us. 
In Acts 2 and verse 42, it says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And this is at Pentecost. Peter has just preached. Uh, Many Jews have become Christians here. And this is what they did after uh, they believed, after they were baptized. It says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship here. All right? And again, you think about, if you, if you read that chapter, really read the first few chapters of Acts, how together these Christians were. Uh, that whatever was, whatever is mine is yours. And uh, they're sharing, they're having many things in common. And it's all based around the gospel. It's all based around the doctrine, uh, the teachings of the apostles as well. Yes, there are other physical things like, you know, we're just being together and, and, you know, and, 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 and those sorts of things. But there's a spiritual component here uh, to that fellowship. Now, like I just mentioned, Acts chapter 4 and verse 32 and 35, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, and neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the proceeds of the house, of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And again, this is as a result of their their fellowship, of being together, of, of that common, of that common belief that they had, that they were not going to let their brethren go hungry, uh, go without any basic needs, that they were willing to do without and get rid of their own things uh, to help uh, the brethren there. In Philippians 2 and verse 1 and 4, again, this doesn't talk about fellowship. We don't see the word fellowship here, but I can't think about that topic and not think about this idea of being like-minded. Uh, that, you know, again, we're, we're together, but, I mean, we are, you know, again, we're having a same mindset, we're having the same goal. The, the, the thing that binds us together is common, is Christ. In chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And so we see Paul talking, this, and this is mainly between brethren, you know, brethren being like-minded. But when we looked at 1 John, it talked about being in fellowship with God and in fellowship with Christ. Think about how this would apply to that. You know, do we have the same mind as Christ? You know, do we have the same love? Okay. We, we can, and we'll talk about numerous scriptures later on in the lessons of we ought to be adopting that same mindset as Christ. And so when we go through that, again, I don't think we can go through this lesson without mentioning these things and how 
if we don't have, you know, this proper mindset, we're never really going to walk in the light. This is a prerequisite here, all right? And so walking in the light in this idea of fellowship is tied together for us. And the problem that we see with fellowship, I think we see with this idea of word fellowship being used today, is that a lot of people just really make light of that word. Uh, you see this picture here, and I think if you go out into the world, if you see the word fellowship being used, it's usually food, fun, and fellowship. We're, we're coming together and eating. We're having food, fun, and fellowship. We're going to have games. We're going to have a good time, all right? And, again, fellowship, if, if I'm in fellowship with you, some of that, it is entailed with that, all right, that we're going to be together. But there's more to this. I can be in fellowship with Christ. I can be in fellowship with other brethren without being together. I'm in fellowship with different brethren throughout the world, all right? Again, what is that based on, all right? It's not based on us getting together and having a you know a picnic or whatever it may be. And so recognize that there's a deeper meaning here for us. Uh, that it's not, again, just uh, you know going to parties after services and, and getting together. There's more to it. And we see that the gospel, the doctrine is that common theme that binds us together. And if we go throughout scriptures, we don't have time for that here. But when one goes beyond the doctrine of Christ. When one goes beyond uh, what is said in, in the gospel, that fellowship is broken. And it's, and it's broken. Uh, the fellowship between brethren is broken, and the fellowship between that individual and God is broken as well. So, going back to this idea of walking in the light, and going back to 1 John, we have, uh, we are told how we are to walk in the light. And it is as he is in the light, okay? So as Christ is in the light, and you immediately think, well, that's a, if you know anything about Christ, you know that's, that, that, it, that is a big, that's a big to-do list, to walk in the light as he is in the light. In uh, probably a, a few weeks ago, i it was longer than that, had a lesson on holiness. And I went through several de- definitions of this idea of holiness, and some of it has to do with moral purity, just being morally right, being pure, doing the right things. But when you look at how that word is used and throughout history, it means being set apart, all right? You are just different. All right, and that's immediately what I think about is is of Christ. As so, if I'm walking as in the light as He is in the light, that I'm going to be totally different. I'm going. He is totally different. He is totally set apart. So my walk in this world is going to be different from from anybody else or those that are in the world. In Exodus 19 and verse 6, and regarding this idea of holy, it says, "And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. All right, so they were going to be a holy nation, a different nation. Think about the, how distinct they were, that nation of Israel as a whole, compared to those that are around them. All right, 
or at least they were supposed to be, and they were very distinct, at least for some period of time. In Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, it says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. This is to the nation of Israel. This same idea applies to Christians here. All right, Christians are a special people to him himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the, of the, on the face of the earth. And that would make Christians a holy people uh, to him. So a different, a set-apart people. In Colossians 1, in verse 21, it says, And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. All right? So, how are we made holy? We see we are reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. It is through Christ and Christ's death uh, that we are made holy. We're made holy. We're made blameless. We're made above reproach. All right? And so... Kind of what we see in 1 John, that you are to continue in the faith. This is the same idea that Paul brings out, that we are reconciled and we are going to be continued to be reconciled if we continue in that faith. If we, John may put it, walk in the light, all right? And we walk in that light grounded and steadfast. We continue in those things in which we have heard, all right? And so again... We are to be holy. We're made holy through Christ. And we and how we maintain that holiness, maintain that reconciliation, maintain that, uh, that, uh, that being cleansed from sin is through continuing in the faith. In 1 Peter 4 and verse 4, it says, In regard to these, they think it strange that you, you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. I have a quote just below that. You can see that there. And I was looking at this verse. It was, I don't know, I think I was looking at it yesterday. And the quote that you have under it, it, it was, I started thinking about that. I was like, I got, to, I got to talk about this. And I don't know how, the guy seems to be religious. Mike Pence, he's a, he was a vice president for Donald Trump. And if you remember and recall before he got elected, there was this whole ordeal uh, with Mike Pence. And he says, Mike Pence told The Hill, this is some newspaper or something, that he never eats alone with a woman other than his wife. And when it got out, people lost their minds. Like, oh, he's just, you know, he can't control himself. He can't do this or that or whatever. And there was some other politician in Mississippi that I think claimed that, they wouldn't do something similar as well. It may have been riding a car with a, a woman alone or something like that. And you see that, and, and of course I look at that and I'm like, that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. You know, if the roles were reversed and my wife said, hey, I'm going to go eat with this dude and we're going to be alone. <clears throat> no, that ain't happening. And it, and it has nothing to do with, well, I think she's going to do something. But even if nothing happens, it's a bad look. People start asking questions. And 
people just of the world just couldn't comprehend that somebody would do that. You know, a politician would not do that. You know, they were the charges of, well, he's sexist, or again, he can't control this. He can't control his feelings when he's alone with other women, whatever it may be. But these people thought it strange that they did that he did not do the same thing uh, that that they were doing. All right, and so when we look at that. I think we. I think it's, you know, a lot of times we look at that verse and say, well, they'll, this kind of gives the idea that people just, well, they'll just think it's odd, and they'll just go, hmm, and, and, and go on, all right? But I don't think this is all that this verse entails, that when they think it's strange, it's going to be, they're going to ridicule you, they're going to humiliate you for what you're doing, you know, you're just, you know, you're weak, or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, similar to how they ridiculed uh, this guy here. And, um, you know, again, if we're going to be walking in the light, we're going to be different. We're going to stand out. We ought to stand out and stick out like a sore thumb to those that are around us. We're not going to do things that everybody else is doing. We're not going to look like uh, what a lot of people look like around us. And, um, and, and again, they're going to think it's strange that if you're not running in that slain flood of dissipation, if you're just not indulging your flesh all the time, there's some constraint that you're showing, they're going to just think that's just different. They're just going to think that it's strange. In 1 John 2 and verses 3 through 11, it says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining." He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is just really just after First uh, John uh, 5 and, and following that we just read. And I think here we kind of give, get a concise... Uh, description of what it means uh, to be walking in the light. And there's three things here in this passage that I want to look at. And first of all, we cannot walk in the light if we don't obey God's commandments. And I think that just wraps up everything there. All right. We see the phrase in that passage, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. All right. So does this guy have fellowship with God? No, no, he does not have fellowship with God. He does not have fellowship with his brethren. The truth is not in him, all right? And so those that say, I know him, have to keep his commandments. We are to walk just as he walked. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked, all right? There was, uh, have a lesson here. I think uh, Mr. Mark has a lesson about this ought to and should to or should or whatever, uh, and there are several passages that say you ought to do this or you should do this. And, you know, in our modern-day vernacular, people may say, well, 
if 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 he says ought to, it doesn't mean I got to. Maybe it's just a suggestion. And what we see is that this ought to here means yes, you got to be doing this. We see that in First Corinthians eleven and, and other passages that talk about this idea of imitating Christ. We're to be doing the things that He's doing. Again, going back to Philippians two, having the same mindset as Him as well. And those uh, that hate their brother, all right, do not walk in the light as well. So obeying God's commandments, we got to walk just as He walked, and we have to love our brethren. It says, "But he who hates his brother is in darkness." And walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And I don't guess I've really seen it here a whole lot, but you hear about situations in other churches where it's it's just brethren are just you know, they're just fighting one another. All right, and they're just they despise one another. And again, John makes it clear what they are. The darkness, you're walking in darkness. You're not walking in light. Uh Later on, John says that basically those that hate their brother is the same as a murderer. No murderer has eternal life abiding in him. All right? So we hate our brethren. We're just like a murderer, somebody who's actually pulled that trigger. All right? So all these three things are necessary for us to walk in the light. And we go through that and you've been going through we've been going through this lesson and, and I'm hoping you're starting to see a trend with where I'm going here is that this idea of walking in the light is that we should be striving to be just like Jesus and it doesn't mean sin free we see that in First John we see where we're going to continue to sin but it does mean daily work that we're striving to get better every single day This is Philippians 2. It says, Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has also uh, highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those of our own earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. All right, so again we see where this same mind which was in Christ, let this mind be in you. Notice what Christ did, made himself of no reputation. We sung a song about what he did uh, before I got up here about what he was willing to do. That he just he made himself a reputation. He 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 had all you know. He, you know he was in heaven. He you know he was Christ. He was Jesus. He was the Son of God. But he came down here to suffer, humbled himself, and it says he became obedient to the point of death. So not just well, I'm just going to come down here and, and do a little bit and just kind of deal with all the day you know day in and day out. Um, stuff that we may count on earth. Not even that. But he went to the point where he was going to die. And he was obedient uh, to the point of death. Alright? In Hebrews it talks about he learned obedience to the things which he had suffered. Alright? That he truly found out what it meant. He, he, in heaven he, he knew what it meant to obey God. But when he got on earth and he was dealing with the same temptations and all the same things that we face, he really found out what it meant to be obedient and he was even obedient to the point of death 
And what has happened to him? God has highly exalted him. All right? Does God expect any less from us? No. Paul says, let this mind be in you. All right? Willing to make ourselves no reputation. Humble ourselves. Uh, be willing to be obedient to the point of death. We see it. That's Revelation 2, verse 10. All right? And then what's going to happen if we do that? Well, God's going to exalt us. We're going to be a part of his kingdom. We're going to have eternal life with him. All right? So the same, not in all senses the same, but, you know, generally we see where these, if we do these same things, God is going to have a similar reward for us. In Romans 15 and verse 3, it says, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Again, did not please himself. His only focus was to do the will of God. Philippians 1 and verses 19 and 22, this is Paul speaking. It says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Do you think Paul had that similar mindset that we've seen in Philippians 2? All right. Again, he was, was Paul. Um, did Paul humble himself? <laughs> yeah, we can read about that. He did a whole lot of humbling there. I mean, the things that he endured. Was he obedient to the point of death? Yeah. From everything that we can tell. All right, and we and we see that that we see that he expects a reward from him. Don't have that passage up, but he expects a reward from him. All right, and so we see that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He again, he's expecting that reward, but if he lives on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. All right, so he wants to be with you know. To, he, he, he basically wants to die is what he's saying that he would rather do that he'd rather be with Christ but he knows that if he continues to live on it's going to mean fruit for my labor alright so those are the only two, two choices that he has and there was no slowing down for him there was no retirement in question for Paul alright he didn't think well when I hit 70 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow down no all right. He was still going as as much as he can do. You know, he was still going 110% every single day, it seemed like. All right. And this ought to be our goal as well. Philippians 3 and verses 7 through 11, it says, But what things were gained to me, these have kind of lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I count all things lost for the excellence and knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. So, again, we see Paul saying everything, you know, all these other things is lost. 
all right? I count all these other things as rubbish, all right? For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, all right? So all those other things in his life, it's done away with. And, I, and, I, and we see that, and you think about if I'm not willing to do that, if there's some things that I'm still just, I can't let go of, all right, am I walking in the light? Am I going to have fellowship with God, fellowship with Christ, if there's things in my life that I just got to hold on to and it's something that Christ said I got to give up, whether it's some sin, you know, whatever it may be. Maybe it's some relationship. You know, we think about this idea of divorce and remarriage and all that. If you know, those things. Am I am I willing to give those things up if I see that those are in conflict uh, with Christ and his will f- for me? All right? Or are we going to have the same mindset as Paul that I'm I'm going to give those things up for Christ? All right? And we think about the rich young ruler and his mindset. And what was going to be the result for him? Uh, that if he continued to have this idea that he just had to keep some of his stuff, he wasn't willing to give it up. Well, we see where Christ said you had to give everything up to follow me. And there was something that was just holding him back from fully serving him. And so let's not be like that. That's the end of my lesson. I, and again, I think we could talk a whole lot about walking in the light and the very specifics of all what that entails. But I think what we can really see is that walking in the light is we're, we're striving to be more and more like Christ every day. We're doing the same things that he's doing. We're, we're striving to have the same mindset like him. And we're just doing it as best that we can. All right? And so, if anyone here, uh, if, there's, if there's oneness, maybe they're not walking in the light. Maybe they realize that they're walking in darkness, that they're not a Christian, and they need to become one. We'd certainly like to help you with that. And if, uh, if you are a Christian, uh, we see where it's possible for people can be walking in the light go from, and go back to walking in darkness. But if one repents, and they can have their sins forgiven. And so, if there's anyone... Uh, maybe uh, in that situation today, in these prayers of the saints, maybe they confess anything for whatever reason, uh, please come now as we stand and as we sing.